Welcome everybody to Fergo and the Freak. My name is the Glorious League Freak and this is episode 305 of the podcast. I'm flying solo today. So what I thought we would do is we would look at my best team of the 1990s. Um, I've got a few teams that I put together on my website in terms of the best team of the 1990s, best team of the noughties. I think we did a podcast not too long ago where we put together our best team of the 80s, but this is my personal team of the 1990s. These are all players that I thought represent the 1990s as best as you possibly can get. There are some players that maybe were moved slightly out of position. There are some players you probably know of playing in different positions than I've named them here. But I think overall it's a good representative side of who the best team, uh, who the best players were of the 1990s period, in my opinion, of course. And you can have your own opinion. If you go to our Facebook page or our YouTube or whatever, you can put up your own team of the 90s. Um, so let's begin. So my best fullback overall of the 1990s, I selected Tim Brasher. Brasher was a fantastic player for the Balmain Tigers. The thing that lifted him up above, say, a player like Brett Mullins, though, was the fact that he was he was great from the start to the finish of the 1990s, and he played a lot of representative football, and he was absolutely outstanding for New South Wales. There's a reason why he played so much rep football. He was a very good attacking player, but his defense was absolutely outstanding, and he was an underrated athlete as well. Um, he probably never reached the same height as Brett Mullins did, but Brett Mullins' best in his peak football it was only for about a season and a half, really, unfortunately. Whereas Brasher was super consistent, and that's one of the reasons why representative coaches love selecting him. So he is the reason why I chose. That's the reason why I chose him as my best fullback of the nineteen nineties. Uh, my first winger of the nineteen nineties, Andrew Eddinghausen. Now, there's a little bit of massaging going on there. Obviously, I could have put him in as a center, but he started his career off as a winger and a lot in the 1990s because of the two centers that were picked for Australia, they would look at Andrew Eddinghausen as a winger, uh, a fantastic player, super consistent once again, real legend of the game. I think he might end up being one of those players that's forgotten a little bit because other big-name players will sort of steal his spotlight. But he was a top-class performer, especially at representative level once again, where for New South Wales and Australia when he was selected, super, super, super consistent. And I couldn't go past ET on the, the wing. The other winger, this might shock a few people, I selected Martin Offier, uh, the Englishman, who he didn't play a huge amount of football in Australia in terms of playing in what we call the NRL now, but an out-and-out try scorer. Uh, when he played the game, he was considered the fastest player of the game, although Lee Odenryan beat him in that a famous uh, match race that they had at Pen uh, Parramatta Football Stadium one day. The thing about Offia was that he was such a good athlete. Like... 
he was probably an athlete that you could say was maybe 20 years ahead of his time. He was incredible. And a real try scorer. Like, there's a difference between, you look at someone like a Josh Adokar, who's an out-and-out try scorer, and Martin Offie was that sort of player as well. For me, he was the first superstar winger that I ever saw. And so I, I had to select him as my other winger in my team of the 1990s. Now, my centers, and this is a center pairing which might be the best center pairing that was ever, that ever played so much rep football together. My first center was Steve Renoff, the Pearl. Uh, fantastic player, could score from anywhere on the field. Like he was so super dangerous as an attacking player, very good defensive player as well. Uh, running around in that famous headgear, legend for the Brisbane Broncos, ended up going and playing in Wigan towards the end of his career. One of the first picked for Queensland, ended up being one of the first picked for Australia as well. And, you know, if you're thinking about pure centers, he might be the best center that I've seen play in my lifetime. Um, the other center that I selected, very easy choice, Mal Meninga. By the time I really started watching rugby league as a young bloke, he was already a legend. Um, he went to four kangaroo tours, which is a record will probably never be beaten. Uh the first player selected for Queensland for many years, a goal kicker. His goal kicking record probably doesn't look that great uh, these days, but you got to remember he started off kicking a leather ball and he was a toe poker. So one of the great point scorers in the game's history, really, and a, just a colossus, a great leader as a football player, and I could not leave him out of this side at all. Now... We're going to 5'8 and the halves in general. And this is where there's probably going to be the most controversy because you could pick so many players in either of these positions and be right. The player I selected was Brad Fittler. Uh, Freddie started his career off as a schoolboys player for the Panthers, played a lot in the centres, ended up moving to 5'8 in his career and eventually to lock. Uh, I couldn't overlook Brad Fittler just for the simple fact that he achieved so much in the 1990s and he was the number one player in so many teams, especially representative teams. He was a player that New South Wales really built a dynasty around. He was a captain for most of the teams he played in and I just couldn't go past him. I think Laurie Daly was another player you could have looked at and said, for the 1990s, he was maybe his biggest rival as a 5'8". But there were times where I think Daly's, Daly wasn't as consistent, in my opinion, as Brad Fittler. And Daly didn't consistently play representative football like Brad Fittler did. And there were some reasons for that. I mean, the Super League war come along. Uh, Daly was a little bit more injury prone. And look, they're two great players and if you picked either one of them, you're not going to be wrong. But I picked Brad Fittler. Now, halfback, it's a very similar story in a lot of ways. I picked Andrew Johns for the simple fact that 
He played a very, very big portion of his career in the 1990s. Uh, he was one of the best players in the 1995 World Cup, playing out of position, playing at hooker. I think Andrew Johns, if he had decided to be a hooker, he would have been the best hooker of all time that I'd seen. He was fantastic. Played a lot for Australia and New South Wales at halfback, at hooker. Didn't matter where you selected him. He was going to perform outstanding. Uh, powered the Newcastle Knights to their first premiership, obviously, in 1997. And was really one of those players that if you were going to win a grand final towards the end of the 90s, you knew you had to go through an Andrew Johns team at some point. Brad Fittler was the same. You know, you knew at some point you were going to face, you were going to have to beat Fittler's team or Johns' team to get through the grand final. And that's why I selected those players. Ricky Stewart, unfortunately, the end of the 90s for him, it was a pretty unhappy time. Uh, and Alan Langer, you know, I just felt like he didn't reach the same heights as an individual as Andrew Johns did as a halfback. So that's why I selected Andrew Johns at halfback. Now, moving into the front row, my two front rows of the 1990s, these, this was just such an easy decision for me. Uh, Glenn Lazarus was the first player I selected. There's a reason why so many grand final winning teams over his career featured him as the starting front rower. Super consistent, uh, an athlete that was a little bit of ahead of his time. He was a big dude as well. Very mobile for somebody his size. Won grand finals at the uh, Canberra Raiders. Won a grand final at the the Brisbane Broncos. Ended up winning a grand final at the Melbourne Storm. Absolutely sensational player. A real winner. A real leader. And just the first player I selected. And I would say he would be my number one front rower of all time, quite honestly. Uh, the second front rower I selected was Shane Webke. Super, super consistent. It didn't matter whether it was the start of the game or the end of the game. Shane Webke was giving you the exact same output in a match. One of the real winners of the game once again and one of the first plays you would select it at you know, representative level, whether it was for New South Wales or Australia. Lazarus and Webke, very similar in that regard that, you know, they were just stalwarts of that front row position for their state and for their country for so long. And two of the best front rowers of all time, very, very easily. Now at hooker, once again, very, very tough choice. I went with Steve Walters. I think that he was a little bit more classy in terms of his kicking game and things like that, uh, ahead of Benny Elias, who was his great rival in the 1990s. Uh, Danny Badiris come in towards the end of the 90s, and I had him in my Nord Nordies team, so that's why I didn't select Badiris. But Walters really was part of the first wave of hookers that had probably halfback skills, you could say. So that's why I selected him as my hooker. You could put Steve Walters in an NRL match today and he would look right at home. He was a modern-day hooker. And you've got to remember that we went from the 80s where it was the five-metre rule for a lot of the 80s. You're coming out of the 70s where 
you know, that the hooker position wasn't very skill, skillful position, quite honestly. And so, yeah, Steve Walters was this new generation of hooker and a fantastic player, one of the all-time great hookers in the game's history. Now, my second rowers, the first ones that I selected was Paul Sirenen. Once again, uh, very, very consistent player, a huge human being, but somebody that was very mobile as well. The thing that I think pushed Siren into the front of the line for me was his the the way he performed at New South, for New South Wales at state of origin level, and the other thing was how he performed for Australia at Test level. He was one of those guys you knew you could really rely on at representative level to get the job done, and I couldn't go past him. The other player, and this is going to be a bit controversial. But I really couldn't go past him. Was Steve Menzies? You know, Steve Menzies' try-scoring record as a second rower is absolutely unbelievable. It it doesn't look right. It looks like it's a a mistake with the the uh, record keeping. He played most of his career. Well, not most of it, but a lot of his career in the nineteen nineties was one of the great try scorers the game has ever seen. You can joke about the way that he would run off of cliff lines and and score so many tries, but man, he crossed the line. And just one of the great plays in the game's history. And I think one of the players that as the game's history moves forward, people are going to look back at his record and say, wow, this is absolutely unbelievable. Part of those uh, Manly Seagull sides sides of the mid-90s that I've said for a very long time, the best defensive sides that I'd seen up until recently uh, were always one of the teams to beat, and he was a big part of that. So I selected him in my second row. Now, the, the uh, lock was a very easy choice for me. It was Bradley Clyde. Uh, Bradley Clyde, he just did everything great. He was a great ball runner. He had ball-playing skills that a lot of five-eighths would have loved to have had. Very mobile player, very good defender, an absolute workhorse of a player. Was one of the key players in the uh, Canberra Raiders' great teams of the late 80s and and through the 90s. Uh, A real leader and and one of the first players selected in most rep teams. Unfortunately, his career went downhill after the 1994 Kangaroo Tour when he was hitting one of the worst high tackles you will ever see by Sean Edwards in a test match at Wembley Stadium, I believe it was played at. And he was basically running across field on a little bit of a half break and Edwards threw a swinging arm out and just turned, he switched Bradley Clyde off. And Bradley Clyde was never the same player after that, unfortunately. But still, I selected him ahead of Wayne Pierce. I think he was a bit of a evolution forward from Pierce. He had more of a more ball playing skills than Pierce. And so that's why I selected him. So that is my team of the 1990s. Do you agree with it? There's a few controversial decisions in there. I think leaving Mullins out, leaving uh, Daly out, leaving Langer and Stewart out, you know, maybe selecting uh Beaver in the second row and Brady Clyde ahead of uh, Pierce. Like that might upset a few people as well. But that, you know, 
this is my team. You can put your own team out there as well. Feel free to put it in the comment section of our Facebook page, which you can find at Fergo and the Freak on Facebook if you just search that. You can put it on our website. We've got comments that you can have on our website at fergoandthefreak.com. And you can go to Fergo Freak Pod on Twitter and you can put it underneath uh, this podcast, which I'll put out just now, straight away for you a lot. So I'll be doing a few more of these uh, solo podcasts. Uh, Andrew's a little bit busy at the moment. And so we wanted to make sure you've got something to listen to. We've talked about making sure we get episodes out because anytime that we only put two episodes out a week, we start getting messages like, where's the episodes? Well, you know, I need something to listen to during the day. So you can find some of these teams on my personal website, which is leaguefreak.com. If you go there and go to the team section, you can see some of them. It's, I guess it's a little bit of a preview. Um, also check out rugbyleaguepodcastingnetwork.com, which is a website I also own, putting together a list and feeds of the best independent uh, rugby league podcasts that are out there. It's a very handy website if you like listening to podcasts. Uh, nrrumors.com, where I list all the big rumors that are going around. I don't put them out there myself. They're rumors that I hear from other places. So don't go saying, oh, you know, League Freak, you said that this was happening. They're not my rumors. I just list them. And thank you for listening. Tell your friends about the, the uh, podcast. Get them to subscribe because that's a huge help when you get them to subscribe to the podcast. And we will be putting out another episode very, very soon. So thank you for listening.